is it bad? I mean, I just want the world to appreciate some decent art. Yes, Jamie. <laughs> yes. We'll crack on. Have you briefed him before this, Ryan? No, I haven't. No, he sent me a direct message saying you were a bit of a tosser, but I acknowledge <laughs> it. I mean, you know, you're coming not towards the end yet, but progressive. <laughs> you're a bit like Joe for now. <laughs> <laughs> I've been called a lot worse, I'll take that. When I play against you guys, you will be breathing out of your asses. <laughs> Love you, boys. Love you, too. Hello, and welcome to the Broken Trophy podcast. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, Hampshire, Welsh Fire and England women's cricketer, Katie George. Katie, welcome to the pod. How are you doing? Very well, thank you. Thanks for having me. No worries. Nice, nice to speak to you. So yeah, we're just, we're just going into it just before we got started, but how, how has your lockdown experience been up until obviously the last couple of weeks when you've got back into some cricket finally? Uh, it, it's been okay. There's been some good moments and some sort of slightly lower moments. Um, certainly glad that I've got back to training and uh, have a bit more of a purpose. Um, yeah. But yeah, it was definitely a little bit of a test, especially coming back from South Africa, feeling like I was sort of ready to hit the season, sort of running and um, sort of get back into selection. Um, but obviously, turned out a little differently and yeah. uh, just sort of excited to sort of carry on from where I left off, really. Uh, what's it been like? So obviously, you know, you had a sort of 2018, you had a you know, really good start to your international career, then a couple of injuries. And what's it been like sort of getting back, to, back, back into the England setup now? Obviously, you've been named in the, in the sort of training squad ahead of the summer. Um, yeah, it's been a little bit frustrating. I mm. felt like I'd sort of almost settled in, um, had a good year, and then to get a stress fracture sort of the back end of the season and sort of be out of contention for the World Cup was sort of one massive high to one massive low. Um, and yeah. then had a couple of setbacks, which um, is always a little bit difficult to take. But then... The positives of it is I felt sort of become more resilient and um, sort of almost better prepared so that I can sort of knock that door back down. Um, but yeah, I think I'm sort of, I'm in a very good place. I feel fit um, and sort of ready to go. So what is it with stress fractures? We, we spoke to Mason Crane a little while ago and he, um, obviously fellow Hampshire player, mm-hmm. and he'd, um, he's gone through that, that pain as well uh, with stress fractures of, of the back and stuff. I mean, how, what, do you know what it was because of? Or was it just, you know, young body still sort of forming, still getting used to the rigours of professional cricket? What was it? Um, I don't think there's sort of one sort of thing you can pin it on. Um, it's sort of a combination of sort of, like you said, your, your body's still growing, um, how strong you are, your workload. Um, and probably it's a sort of combination of all those things. Um, and then sort of with stress fractures, because it's sort of your bone, it's um it takes a while to heal afterwards yeah. um so even sort of a year later you're sort of still wary because it's still healing um so i think it's just getting into a really good relationship with sort of your physio um and sort of trusting them because obviously they know what they're doing a lot more than i do um and sort of going through a process and not sort of forgetting that actually i'm still sort of only a year 18 months from that stress fracture and that I still need to sort of have that little eye on my workloads to sort of Do you just see? make sure that I don't get an upset back. It's got, so it's, does it sort of play on your mind as you're getting up to sort of full fitness or are you sort of, like you said earlier, in a good place so you're sort of feeling strong and, and ready kind of thing? I think sort of the first sort of three months, four months maybe, you, it, it was definitely on my mind, mm. um, especially last summer. Um, but I think now like South Africa was a really good test 
um, to sort of come through that unscathed and to sort of feel strong and have sort of no niggles coming from that. Um, and that sort of that confidence from that sort of made me settle down. And to be honest with you, coming into sort of this period, this block of training, I haven't had any thoughts. So oh, hopefully, right. fingers crossed, all good. Yeah, it's in the right direction. So where where are you training? So obviously the England men and women squads are sort of dotted around the country. Where where's your base currently? For um, so I'm at Loughborough. I uh, rent oh, okay. up here, so it made the most sense. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, it's it's a little bit weird having everyone sort of in different areas of the country training. But um, it's quite nice at the same time to know that everyone's sort of putting together, even if if we're not all together, um, and sort of just having this one sort of goal to aim at, which is to be all a collective be ready for a series that's hopefully happening in September. Yeah. Yeah. What's it, um, what's it like when you sort of rock up each day? I mean, do they test you? Cause like my daughter does horse riding every mm. time she goes there, she has to have a temperature checked and all that. Is there stuff protocols you've got to go yeah, through? Yeah. So, um, when we wake up in the morning, we have this monitoring to fill out. Um, so it asks if you feel unwell, if there's a household member, but I live by myself, so that's not relevant to me. Yeah. And then we got sent a um, thermometer. So we take our temperature every morning, um, take a, um, our temperature, and then as long as it's not over 37.5, then we're good to go. Right, um, okay. And if our temperature was 37.5 or higher, um, we'd stay at home and oh, not right. go in. Wow. That's pretty rigorous, isn't it? Uh, I... I when I sort of when we had our meeting to sort of tell us what was the plan, it did sound a little bit, but it's quite seamless. You literally you do that. It takes five minutes tops. Yeah. Um, and once you're in, it's it's it was a little bit clunky just the logistics of the first day, but other than that, it didn't feel too different. Oh, cool. And I must say at this stage, she's been very quiet. But we we also have Stefan on our call. If you're, if you're getting if you're getting worried, I'm totally used to it. We've we've interviewed non cricket players the last couple of times, and Tom's was Tom was mad into his cricket. So suddenly he's like, oh my God, it's a cricket person. Like, it's withdrawal symptoms, you know. So uh, yeah, sorry about that. I'm just that way to get it out of the system. And after that, I could just see I could just see his eyes like glaring at me as if to say, Tom, do you have your little moment? <laughs> So I can only apologise for him. He'll, he'll, he will get past it eventually, but he's get a little cricket fix out and then he can relax a bit into it. So. And breathe. So, how are we doing? How are we doing, Steph? You all right? Oh, hi, yeah, I'm, I'm here. Hi, how are you doing? Um, <laughs> Can't get a word eh? I know. When Tom's talking cricket, it's just, <laughs> you can nip out, get a beer, come back. It's quite nice, really. The Broken Trophy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at The Broken Trophy and on Instagram at Broken Trophy Pods. Go on, anyway. So you mentioned South Africa. Mm-hmm. What's the women's game like out there? Would you say it's on a par with the U- with kind of the UK, or is it um, stronger or weaker, or what's the what's what's what's? I didn't doing? actually have too much to do with um, sort of the women's side out there. I actually was part of a high performance camp run by Futura, um, sort of high performance sort of agency. Um, but speaking to sort of the South African girls that I know, sort of played with, played against, um, I think it's definitely on the rise. Um, I'd say it's probably a couple of years behind the English game and certainly behind sort of Australia. Um, but I definitely think it's going in the right direction. Um, and I think it's starting to get sort of promoted more out there. Because um, that's the main thing anywhere, I think, is that it sort of gets sort of put in front of people's faces. Um, different people get to sort of view it and 
I mean, it's all that old sort of chestnut, oh, girls are actually all right at cricket. Well, <laughs> you know, that sort of a little bit of surprise. Um, so I think that's the main thing is just to sort of get it out there, whatever that looks like. And I definitely, from what I've seen, I definitely think that's happening. Like, cricket's always a strange sport in a way, isn't it? Because like, obviously, you know, being an England cricketer, you know, England women's cricket team are very strong, you know, and you want to be strong and win, win tournaments, obviously, but equally it's important to grow the game and for other mm -hmm. nations to sort of um, to get to that level as well, isn't it? I mean, it's a key part of men's and women's cricket, really. I, I take that quite seriously and think it's sort of very important. Um, I'm in a very sort of privileged position to be able to sort of inspire or certainly try to um, sort of the younger generation and sort of make sort of young girls realise that there is a career path and that cricket can be a career for them which perhaps when I was a child um, it probably wasn't so clear mm. um, and sort of knowing how I grew up and sort of a little bit of uncertainty um, I think if I can sort of take that away from sort of being an issue um, then I'm doing all right. So my wife's quite big on participation for girls in sport and that kind of tailing off as you hit teenage years potentially and how do you and how have you how did you experience that mostly you're playing football at Portsmouth which was a bad club to play for so can only apologize for that because we're, we're based in Southampton so <laughs> you know, the Pompey bit will just kind of you know skirt over but um how did you find that kind of growing up obviously you obviously from what I can tell you're very very good at football slightly better at cricket um how did you how did that kind of play out for you and I guess how did you experience that as a as as a girl kind of growing up playing kind of high level sport and, and still staying in it rather than kind of falling by the wayside as as we see with our know, daughters and their friends and that kind of stuff? Um, I definitely think it has its challenges. Um, it wasn't always straightforward and sort of clear. I think personally, I can only speak for myself and I was always quite driven in what I wanted to do. Um, it probably became more relevant when my parents were probably trying to get me to revise and I was having little interest and in wanting to go and play my cricket game on a Thursday night that was probably very relevant in the grand scheme of things. Um, but I think it all depends on if you really want it, you're, I do believe that you'll sort of go and get it. Um, and then I was very lucky that my support system, my parents were very supportive even when they wanted me to revise, etc. They almost understood. Um, <laughs> and yeah, I was very lucky that they managed to sort of take me up and down the country uh, wherever it needed to be. Um, I think sort of when you first move to teams, when you play boys cricket, um, I've spoke before in the past about sort of the challenges of that and sort of it toughening you up almost. And I think at the time it's not always pleasant and you go home a little bit sad. But I think in the long run, it certainly sort of, gives you the building blocks to sort of when it get when you get a little bit older and you have to start making the slightly harder decisions that it makes it easier um because yeah. you've had those experiences beforehand um so i think as long as you're making the best decision that you think you can and you're going with your gut your heart then i think like most of the time it'll go all right and i, and I, and I guess that kind of we, we, we met with them um, two former england um, rugby union ladies players um, I think it was last night actually or still blurring into one um, <laughs> we're talking to them so going back to my daughters we're currently having the debate about at what point do you split girls from boys mm. because from a well, in my opinion from a participation perspective getting the girls separate they kind of create their own bond their own group that kind of stuff but from a performance perspective which is the point the ladies were making um, last night from the rugby side the ones that have made it for England 
tend to have been the ones who have played mixed boys and girls yeah. to, a, to an older age group and yeah for want of a better word toughening up or whatever whatever the appropriate proper pc phrases kim was kim was quite vociferous in that wasn't she she yeah, was, they were, they were quite strong about that and i guess yeah. how i, I noticed when I, was, I was doing the research you know, for tonight that you play kind of you know, mixed um men's and ladies cricket i still do a bit you know potentially now but how do you find that and i guess going back to that point around the participation versus i guess performance i suppose how how have you juggled that and how have you seen that and i guess what's your view on it being in it and amongst it and seeing it day by day um, I think it's certainly an interesting conversation to be had. I think everyone will have a different opinion. Um, but I think I, I played, I had a twin brother, so I naturally sort of went towards the boys' side anyway. Um, we were very close. Um, but I think I play, I play, sort of the Hampshire, the county stuff was sort of my sort of women's team sort of bonding, um, sort of growing up. So I sort of had the best of both worlds in a way. I mm. had the challenge of the boys, you know, a lot of them were bigger, stronger, they could hit the ball further, they could play sort of different shots. You like a ball, ball that's probably hitting off stump and they could hit it for six over square leg. And I'd sort of turn around and go, what's going on here? Um, <laughs> but I think that then gives you challenges which you probably wouldn't have at that age playing against similar girls, um, sort of standard wise. So I think there's pros and cons. Um, my opinion personally is to play as much cricket as you can uh, boys and girls. Yeah. Uh, I think that clubs are so much better now. There's a lot more clubs that have girls' teams, and most of the time they do play on separate nights, yeah. um, days. Um, so I think if you can play both, brilliant. Um, but I think when you're younger, if you can, if you're good, and you know you think that you've got sort of a path to go down, then I would play and try and challenge yourself because that's how you improve the quickest. Yeah. Uh, and if you're sort of playing against people that you're better than, then you're probably just going to end up middling. You won't get that sort of challenge where you're sort of up against it. And then suddenly when you're 16 and you're playing against maybe 17, 18, 19 year olds, yeah. you're suddenly out of your depth and don't really have the tools to deal with that. Yeah. Um, but then you could get that from playing other sports, even in life um, challenges. So I don't think it's black and white. Um, but I do feel that you should, if you can, sort of yeah. challenge yourself as much as possible. And I guess the, the non-PC question, if you've got someone at the other end you're bowling to as a guy who's giving you a bit of shit because you're a girl, mm. I mean, getting them out is particularly sweet. Oh, there's nothing better. There is nothing better. <laughs> seeing, seeing them trot off back to the pavilion, yeah, it's, it's a very nice feeling, especially when they give you a little jip or even there's been probably one of the funniest moments I, I find it all quite funny. I don't take it too personally. It was, I was playing a border league game and uh, some sort of wise chap decided to come at short leg for me um, because he didn't think that I was going to hit it off the square, I think was pretty much the gist of it. Um, so I took great delight in sweeping their spinner uh, straight into his uh, sensitive area. Not on purpose, of course. Safe uh, <laughs> yeah, to say, the next ball, he was uh, stood in a more sort of standard square leg. Um, <laughs> so I think... Brilliant. Definitely, there's the there's the funny side of it, and then there's the sort of when your sort of mum goes after the game. How come that boy stood at short leg for you? I'm like, oh well, he didn't think that I was gonna hit the ball, but then obviously I did. And then she's like, oh, you definitely did that, didn't you? I'm like, oh, <laughs> I guess, yeah, kind of thing. Um, but yeah, there's 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 always 
different comments as the standard should be in the kitchen kind of thing but I mean especially in this day and age um, there's very few people that think that or they don't they don't say it Um, but I think sort of proving them wrong was my sort of motivation Um, and I get a little bit of white line fever so I do fire a few shots back and I think that surprises (laughs) them Um, so yes personally for me it is sort of all fun and games but I think it can affect people. I've seen friends be affected by it, and that that definitely sort of upsets me. Um, but I think it's get it's getting better from what I'm seeing. I still play men's cricket, and it's definitely more welcoming. Um, sort of there are my, my men's team's sort of like a little family almost. Um, yeah. I've sort of grown up with a sort of group of boys um, since I was 11. Um, so I definitely there, there is there's highs and lows. Yeah. I guess on that segue then. So if if you and your friends are getting together, are you allowed to cook or not? <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I rate myself as a cook, so I'll definitely put my hands up. Um, right. But yeah. <laughs> what's, your, what's your go? What's your go-to dish? Well, my go-to at the moment is a salmon sort of like veg, and then sort of like a homemade Chinese sort of sauce. Oh. Uh, got my mum's approval this weekend, which right. is because she's not actually much of a fan of salmon, so. She wasn't too happy when I told her that was for dinner, but um, changed her mind, so I was quite glad about that. <laughs> but I mean, just going, just to finish on that one before we move on, um, it staggers me that I mean, you're obviously you're young, you know, you're what twenty one, twenty one, yeah. So I mean, you're talking about a, a time in the last sort of ten years coming through um, when boys and girls, you know, lads and it, it sort of being almost discriminating against you playing in in that that's. You, th- you would think, or I would think, we're sort of past that. We've been past that for a little while, but perhaps not. Although you say, I know you say it's improved even more so more recently. I think it's just that sort of small group of people. I think we've seen in sort of the world at the moment what's going with what's going on that it is these small-minded people um, that pretty much need to catch up um, in yeah. a simple way of putting it. Um, and I think it's the biggest thing is to not be bigger than them. Um, react better than them um, and sort of I, I've i always believed in sort of showing them that they're wrong um, in a sort of polite not offensive way because that's not as I, I don't believe people should be like that mm. um, but it, it's saddening to see but as long as everyone's pulling together and sort of going in the right direction which we have seen um, yeah that's all we can ask for. It's not going to change overnight. The Broken Trophy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at The Broken Trophy and on Instagram at Broken Trophy Pods. No, I was going to say, I mean, just talking about obviously coming up through the ranks and, and getting into, well, you had your football and cricket going on. But I mean, when was it you first sort of get into the, the Hampshire sort of set up and, and you know, start playing at that, that elite level? Um, so I, I actually started at Dorset. Um, so moved purely because of my dad's job. Um, but I started at Dorset um, and then I joined Hampshire under-13s um, and I was actually really fortunate to sort of have um, Ron Hodgson. Um, he was actually the sort of coach and then ended up sort of, go, we sort of followed each other right through to the women, which was it's quite a nice story. Um, but I was probably quite lucky um, that he was quite supportive and sort of didn't let me sort of get distracted um there was sort of from a young age I didn't know this but there was like scouts watching you which could have if I'd known they were there probably have, at that age probably would have made me a bit nervous and might have affected how I performed um so I think him and my dad 
um, did quite well in sort of not shielding me from it, but sort of just letting that side sort of not be a feature um, mm. so I could just play and have fun. Um, and then sort of just went through, I played sort of up the age groups. Um, and then I made my women's debut when I was 16. I, actually, it was a last game of the season. It was their relegation battle to not not go down a division. Um, right. So a little bit thrown in the deep end, um, yeah. but thoroughly enjoyed it. It was quite nerve wracking because I didn't know anyone. Um, and sort of just come in as a little kid, sort of very young 16 year old, to suddenly be trying to open the bowl in and make early inroads was a, certainly a challenge, but wow. I, I think I thrived. Got a couple of wickets. I think I got 20 or 30 to sort of help us over the line. Um, so that kind of was a very early sort of in my career that I went, oh, actually, I can, I'm all right here. Because yeah. football yeah. had always been sort of the forefront of my mind and cricket was always that sort of fun, sort of second sport, to be honest with you. Right, OK. Um, <laughs> so that's probably a very early indication that I actually, I was half decent here. Um, was, was that around that sort of time that you decided on cricket ahead of football, maybe? or? Yeah, for sure. So yeah. when the first year of Super League, um, I was still playing football. And then it was one of the Super League games. We were home at the Aegeus, the snake pit. Um, and then my dad heard Robbo, the then head coach of England, um, yeah. on the radio, sort of speaking about the game. And then when I was bowling, he was speaking about me. And I didn't know this until after the game when my dad was going, oh my God, you need to listen to the radio thing from the game. And I'm going, oh, I really don't want to. <laughs> um, so, but he just spoke, basically, he just spoke really highly of me, said he liked what he saw, um, sort of saw potential, and that he sort of wanted to ease me away from football and sort of have me for themselves almost. Oh, right. It's kind of so decision made. Sort of, <laughs> to sort of hear that um, was a, I was taken aback to be honest with you. I, I, mm. I think I sat there after the sort of clip had finished, and Dad was like, oh, "What do you think?" And I was like, "That's that's a, that's what a master to say. Yeah. That's straight from him. He's like, yeah. Yeah, I, might, I might not even pick him if I say that. Luckily, luckily he did. He did pick me in the end, but yeah, <laughs> it turned out very differently. Um, so that was probably the moment that I sort of felt like I had to sort of take one sort of road. Um, and I was involved um, in some under-17 football camps um, in that sort of winter. And I'd had a couple of sort of conversations with the coach there, sort of going, are you still playing cricket almost? Mm. Sort of basically saying, oh, we want you for football. Um, but I think I felt, I don't, I don't know if they were, it's just how I felt but that I was sort of feeling a little bit more sort of forced to quit cricket, if that makes sense. Right. Um, whilst cricket, they were still, they still, they didn't encourage you, but they were like, play two sports. Like I say, we're not going to force you right now. Yeah. Um, you probably should start thinking about it. So I probably, I don't like being told what to do. Um, so that probably helped. <laughs> and they were a little bit more. Um, <laughs> I'd say I'd, it definitely wasn't an easy decision. There was, so if it was the winter, and I had cricket camps, so I'd sort of tell, like, Dad, oh, I want to play football. I'm only doing fitness tests in well, so I want to play football. So it'd be, oh, I'm ill, obviously not ill, go and play a football match. Yeah. Um, so it definitely wasn't an easy decision. Um, I tried to do both for as long as possible. And then it just kept overlapping. The training would start earlier for yeah. either one. And it was just, it was sort of, it was a little bit draining to try and sort of keep up with both and sort 
try and perform as well as possible in both. Yeah. Um, so just sort of from all of that together, I felt that cricket at the time, because this was before the football sort of restructured and there's, there was a clearer sort of path. Um, it was a little bit, I didn't understand it, to be honest with you, um, sort of how to, unless you weren't with a big team, I didn't really know how you'd have a career in football. And that's mm-hmm. all changed, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And whilst cricket, I felt there was sort of a longer process where you could sort of be in the academy, or be in the age group, be in the academy, and then sort of go from there. Um, so that's pretty much how I made my decision. So, so, so I guess, so I guess, answer this very carefully. But have you got a Pompey shirt hanging up in your on your walls? Um, not on my walls. I'm actually wearing Pompey shorts. No way. <laughs> uh, right. um, but yeah, my it's actually interesting. My mum's a Southampton supporter, and my dad's a Pompey supporter. So you can imagine oh, a few oh. years back when they were um, in better positions in the league. But, um, interesting household. Wow. Yeah, my, my dad certainly enjoyed. It was a proud day when he. When I said I was going to play for Portsmouth, so um, yeah, wow, mum's yeah. learnt to sort of not say too much, but um, but so, so, yeah, so, so, I don't, I don't think I could walk into the house with the Southampton shirt on. I don't think I would be too impressed with that. <laughs> can we, can we assume you play? He might tell me to leave. <laughs> in, in your dad's man cave, there's loads of your Pompey shirts and like one tiny little England shirt in the corner. But yeah, I've, I've actually been to a Southampton game. I went, um, sort of... Was it all right? Was, you okay? Was, it was all right. Yeah, I, I didn't wear my Pompey shirt. I thought that might be a bit dangerous. Uh, yeah, nearly, nearly risked it, but I thought better not. Um, so, I was, so we were just um, looking at your England career and like you were saying earlier about your breakthrough in 2018. I know you played uh, India in an, in an A game before mm-hmm. that, before um, your, your full debut. And you took a hat trick in that game. I mean, what was that like? And just getting into the England setup that that year in 2018 must have been um, amazing. It was all a bit surreal, to be honest with you. Um, so I'd sort of sort of the end of 2017, uh, October, November. There was the Ashes in Australia. So I did a. I was basically a net bowler um, during sort of the build up to that. Right. Um, sort of went down to Chelmsford. Was sort of my first time actually spending time with the girls. Um, and then during sort of the winter camps, I sort of came down. But I mean, rightly or wrongly, I was just sort of thinking, oh, I'm just helping with the overs kind of thing. Yeah. Um, wasn't getting too much opportunity sort of to bat long or anything like that. Um, so I didn't really think too much of it. I was just thinking, just do my best, bowl my best ball and sort of just mm. enjoy the experience and sort of get to know the girls better. Um, and then I was actually... So it was at Loughborough and um, the sort of sofa, sort of informal seating area, sort of upstairs. Um, and Robbo just sort of sat next to me on the coach, very sort of chilled, no obvious um, that we were going to suddenly talk about going to India. And literally just sort of out of the blue went, so how do you feel about going to India? And I was like, I guess it'd be pretty cool. Like, that's totally not twigging on what you were saying. It's actually quite embarrassing thinking about it. Um, and he was like, yeah, I want, I want to take you with us. So I was like, Wow. Oh, sweet. That'd be all right then. Ooh. <laughs> Tell me, Mum. <laughs> um, Amazing. So, yeah, so I sort of went into sort of with the expectation of sort of working on a couple of things, bowling wise, and sort of just integrating with the group, run drinks, sort of the experience. Um, and that carried on once I got there. Um, run drinks first warm up game. You rack up a serious amount of miles running drinks, I tell really? you. Really? Really? Yeah. Because we wear these sort of GPS monitor things. And you end up doing near amount the same as if you would be playing. It's crazy. Really? Yeah. Um, 
and then I'm saying nothing there back. And then the the second warm up game, the, we got told five thousand steps or not? Say again. Did you hit five thousand steps or? <laughs> not to ten thousand. <laughs> Reached my goal for the day. <laughs> Um, but yeah, and then the, the second warm up, uh, we got told the team the night before, which was pretty standard, sort of the evening before, and I wasn't in it, didn't expect to be in it. And then the morning, it was breakfast, it was about 7am, I'm not a morning person, especially back then. I was sort of just eating me breakfast, like moaning that there was curry for breakfast, but I've, I've got used to it, I quite like curry now for breakfast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it was obviously as a sort of young sort of teenager, yeah, not keen. Um, and then Robbo sort of tapped me on the shoulder and went, uh, so change your plans, you're playing. It's like, wow. Are you sure? Are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah, right, have you got your stuff? And I was like, oh. Yeah, I ended up getting my match trousers. Not ideal. No. Um, but, so how did you get, did how did you get around that then? Uh, I borrowed some. I think right. I borrowed some from Alex Hartley. She was a lifesaver on that tour. Right. But it was, yeah, it was, there was probably no time to think about it because you literally got on the coach, got to the ground, did pre-match routine, bowled a couple. Um, and then I didn't really know if I was going to open the bowl in, bowl first change, bowl second change, not bowl at all. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, ended up opening the bowling. Um, and then first over was pretty solid. And then second over went quite well. Um, well, well. <laughs> <Winning>. <laughs> the understatement of the year. <laughs> it was all right, you know. It was, it was all right, you know. It was all right. Talk about a dream start. I mean, that's that is incredible, isn't it? Especially when you're so young in a in a senior squad for the first time. I mean, that might, you must have been buzzing after that. I, I, I was absolutely buzzing, um, but there wasn't because it was sort of on Indian TV and it was streamed over here, but. Cause it was quite early because it was being played at sort of nine nine thirty Indian time, um, so lots of people were still asleep. So it was only sort of like close friends and family that were sort of keeping up to date and watching it. Um, so you get you get your phones taken away. So when I got it back after the game, there was just sort of your standard parents are proud of you, blah 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 blah. Um, not too much. And then once I got back to the hotel, which was probably an hour and a half later, phone literally just blew up, and I was like. Wow what's going on here like jeez <laughs> I literally I put, I put it back down and it's like I need to have these here um, and then yeah it was just it just sort of went a bit crazy from there and then I didn't really I didn't think I was going to play in the actual tri-series um, but got told that I was and then sort of quickly realised that I was going to be playing against Australia um, which honestly felt a million miles away literally probably a week yeah. before um so it definitely happened very quickly um but yeah it was all it was all surreal that was yeah. that was probably the best way I, I think i saw on your twitter that you went to an ipl game as well whilst you were out there well, that was actually the second time i went to india wow. that was um last year last winter oh, okay. um but yeah that was awesome gail teed off yeah, I found it. Nuts. I found the app. I went there. I was there at work, so I went to go and see a game. It was just bonkers. Just absolutely They're crazy. The atmosphere <laughs> was just incredible. Yeah, but really quite intense. I guess the heat probably helps as well. But you all—it was of, hot. It feels like you're kind of all sat on each other. Mm -hmm. and yeah, 
with the, with the weird cheerleaders on the side that don't really do anything as such. That's a bit odd. Did you enjoy the cheerleaders? No, not really. I wanted to <laughs> Modern man, aren't you, Steph? Anyway, and um, yeah, it was all a bit kind of, but the, the, the atmosphere and just the whole, I was in Bangalore, so you couldn't drink either, which was really quite mm. but, um, Yeah, I was, I was in Mumbai. It was, oh, yeah. It was, honestly, it was, it was quite funny because we were in a coach to the ground, and I think at first, sort of the people like walking along the street thought we were one of the teams that got very excited, and then sort of we sort of stuck our heads towards the window, and like, then the disappointment was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> So when we spoke to the rugby girls last night, they were saying when they made their debuts, they had to sing a song, a team, you know, or no, it was a song of the choice of the group, basically. To, to Initiation. Exactly. Yeah. Did you have to sing a song? And did you have to sing a song after your hat trick, for example? I mean, that's um, a big deal, right? No, I just got heavily fined yeah, for yeah. like many mishaps. Yeah, <laughs> starting from the morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we have, we, we have a team song, so we sung that. So we... Um, so someone gets sort of chosen to sort of start this team song. Um, yeah. So sort of, well, it was, it was the second time I'd ever sung the team song, so there was a lot of pressure on the words. Oh, wow. um, so it was quite a nerve-wracking moment because I couldn't start it and get it wrong, could I? Um, <laughs> luckily, <laughs> went all right-ish. <laughs> um, and then it was at, I think it was either, I think it was dinner the day after. Um, we had a team dinner um, and... I had to do my initiation and I actually had to talk about football um, for my two minutes, um, various things, mainly was celebrations and sort of embarrassing moments, which I think the girls had quickly realised I have many. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, it was probably, it was, I probably got away quite lightly because I'm not a singer. <laughs> yeah, no one wants to hear me sing. So right. <laughs> I think uh, <laughs> I, was, I was quite happy with that. Um, doesn't mean I haven't sung many a time in front of them, but um, yeah, <laughs> not in front of the coaches. <laughs> <laughs> Your secret's safe, don't worry. <laughs> so, so, so on that basis, you know, we, we've got Flintoff doing Top Gear. And I still can't quite believe that, if I'm honest. But anyway, I'm going to get past it. So, you know, you potentially, well, when you retire in due course, what TV show are you hosting? <laughs> what am I hosting? Not, not like, you know, BGT. Any, anything that I can sort of say pretty much what I'm thinking. Um, <laughs> some some shows you can be quite scripted, can't you? So, I, I don't know. I, I, I have a little bit of a petrol head myself, so I reckon I could do Top Gear. There you go. I'm, Take I quite like, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. I reckon oh, yeah. I can get behind that. Um, yeah. And then... No, I'd quite like to go on Love Island just to see oh if it's actually a deal and be able to, like, when they come to the fire pit and just spill the beans. Yeah, yeah. Love it. A friend, of, a, friend, a friend of a friend is a cameraman for Love Island. Really? Really? Some of the stories, just, just unbelievable. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite eye-opening, but they're only allowed to do a certain amount of weeks and they have to kind of go and kind of go back to normal life before, you know, they get kind of totally converted into the madness. <laughs> they kind of come back out again for another, for another stint. It's quite good, yeah, yeah. Oh, so amazing. You, you in Love Island, yeah. how, would you, how would you cope with not being able to do competitive sport or would you just be the one just on the fitness every day? Come on, guys, we've got to get fit. Like how would it? How that pan I think out? I'd bust them around a little bit. Yeah. I'm saying like, that. Come on. I'll, I'll give you a few pointers. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> right, so I'm a celebrity. Love Island, Top Gear. We'll, we'll do our best, but I've got to be honest with you, we're going to struggle. But we'll do our best. Well, I mean, it's in I your hands, it. isn't it? If, if you have an absolutely gun cricket career, then you know they'll be they'll be queuing up, right? 
Oh, I hope so. <laughs> and also, Flintoff, Flintoff did win the Australian version, so you know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no pressure, but. <laughs> the Broken Trophy Podcast. Catch us on Twitter at The Broken Trophy and on Instagram at Broken Trophy Pod. Right, so I'm assuming your, your favourite your favorite football team has got to be Portsmouth. It's actually Chelsea. Oh, no. Oh. We, I, I used to live um, sort of North Hampshire, so I was only sort of 30 minutes away. Um, so it was either sort of Chelsea or Tottenham. Um, and there was a high amount of uh, Man United supporters at my school. Yeah. Um, but it was it was the times of sort of Drogba, who's my favourite player. Um, yeah, watched yeah, countless yeah. videos of him. So, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Chelsea supporter. Uh, Portsmouth are very close to my heart, but definitely a Chelsea supporter. So which player, which player were, you, were you most like? Most like? Um, I was probably... A little, had a little bit of a dirty side to me, um, but then probably I got, got compared to Aguero a couple of times, sort of right. finishing. Um, so yeah, so maybe a little bit of Diego Costa keeping it to Chelsea. Um, wow. So yeah, a little bit of the two. It feels like we're going. So when, when we when we met with Simon Jones, amazing guy, very very intense, very very funny. <laughs> and we we're asking him about bowling, and he kind of went, "Well, yeah, I want to hurt him." I want to hurt the other person. I'm not. I'm not in this to kind of make a friend. I'm here to bowl it as quick as I possibly can and really like injure the other person. If you can't hit the ball, he's out, and I will. <laughs> I wouldn't say I want to hurt anyone. <laughs> I, I definitely want to ruffle a few feathers. Um, let's, go, let's, go, let's go with with, with ruffling rather than hurting. Presumably, <laughs> <laughs> though, know, if you if you get one, and it, and it, you know, you can you can see it's inflicted a bit of pain. Are you are you smiling there and then, or are you turning and then smiling? Um, I actually, um, so when I was younger, I actually hit someone in the head um, and went over and immediately said sorry. And my coach told me to never do that again. <laughs> I was an angry, fast bowler and I had to be mean. So since then, I don't say sorry. Um, so for any, any batters that I hit, it's their fault. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I sort of give, I've been sort of, I'm, I'm renowned for a little bit of a stare that I give. Um, yeah, the, the Hampshire girls know it well. Um, right. But yeah, I have a little bit of a stare, I reckon. Okay. And then and the other bowlers that we've interviewed, I would say it's probably 70 30. So we've asked them, you know, can you remember anyone who's like dropped one of your an obvious wicket and you've dropped the catch? A person who has. Most of them will start with, no, it's okay. It's a team game. We don't blame anybody. And then normally, in about five seconds, <laughs> but that one. Next person drops it, and I can't get over the fact that he dropped that catch. He was always awful, and always dropping my catches. Over to you. <laughs> Is there anybody on the you know in your you know your current squads who, if the ball goes towards that you know, that lady, you're thinking, oh god. Um, yeah, probably one or two people. Uh, there's <laughs> definitely one in the Hampshire squad. Um, she's actually a very good friend of mine. But um, oh, she won't mind if you say her name. Yeah. So Emily Windsor, she's going to hate me for this. Um, <laughs> but very good cricketer, but she's just, she, I mean, she's very, she just, um, she can sort of wander off. So she's on the boundary. She can just sort of, she'll be at deep cow per se. And then I'll sort of look over to her and she's wandered 10 metres off. And I'm like, wait, where are you, where are you going? What are you doing? <laughs> um, so she, she doesn't always fill me with confidence. Um, but she's, there was one game, so we were playing knots, right, in a 50-over game. And uh, she was a deep square, um, not a lot's going on. We've started quite strongly, um, got a couple of early wickets. 
um, and then there's sort of one sort of middle order batter that we'd really like to get out. Um, a sort of like chipped one to deep square, literally straight down Windsor's throat. She doesn't have to move. But for the last three balls, her family have been chatting to her on the boundary. Oh no. She's not even looking. Suddenly, everyone's going, Windsor! Catch! <laughs> Drops it. They run too. Oh. And then she, she doesn't look at me. She knows not to look at me. Just <laughs> hangs her head in shame. Um, but but then she she's and then she'll come out with an absolute blinder out of nowhere and then we go crazy celebrating going <laughs> what where have you pulled that out from? <laughs> Did you I even bet. have your eyes open? Um, so I bet yeah, her family so, felt guilty over that one. Oh, honestly, they, they were. They, they sort of carried on walking around and <laughs> I get on with her mum quite well and she's going, oh, I'm so sorry, that was my fault. I'm so sorry. <laughs> and I, and I, and we've talked a lot about the relationship between bowlers and batsmen mm. being less than conducive at times. <laughs> How's that in the ladies' game? Is there, is there a similar kind of love-hate relationship between like, the bowlers who are working, who are doing all the work and the batsmen who just kind of punched around or is it kind of the other way around or is it more a friendly environment or...? Um, I think it's I think it's slightly different to the men's. Um, I think in the women's game, because we sort of play with each other quite a lot, there is a lot of friends. But then, sort of when you do you do cross that sort of white line, and it is different. You sort of leave that friendship sort of over the line, um, and sort of get back get in the battle. Um, but I think even so, even back to training, um, we were talking about sort of training individually um, and then I was a little bit like I just want to bolt batters kind of thing and then one of the girls pops off went if you think I'm facing you with a new rock any sooner than two weeks you've got no chance (laughs) I was like right are you sure (laughs) so um, I think yeah I definitely think there's and I think you sort of carry on with battles don't you Um, you sort of well, personally for me, if I feel sort of I've got a batter in my pocket, I'll certainly let them know and sort of carry it on over sort of the series of games, even if it's it's playing for England against them and then playing in the Super League or the 100 in the next few years. Um, definitely looking to bring it on. Because if you can get that 2% edge over them, getting their heads, more like to get them out. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess on the older psychological side, I saw you at the Ali Pali watching the darts. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I've been one of the best days ever. I just I had, a, I had an amazing. Time. Oh, it was incredible! Just the atmosphere of it. I'm not still not sure darts is a sport. I've got ones with you, but as a day out, amazing. I don't know. I, I think I think the audience is definitely a sport. With the uh, the amount of drinking that goes on. <laughs> That's very true. And, and how did you end up there? Was it kind of a like a, like a, a group of friends going, or kind of a? Um, it was quite last minute, to be fair. Um, sort of decided because I've always wanted to go and I wanted to sort of my dad um, had gone quite a bit when he was younger um, and then sort of just went why not pretty much why not went with a couple of people I wasn't really sure what to expect because on the TV like, I'd, I'd get a bit bored watching so I was a bit like do I really want to go it's a little bit of money like how good is it going to be but oh my word it was incredible <laughs> You're going to plug in the car park and there's like two Smurfs kind of queuing up next to you. Yeah. Okay, that's nice. yeah. I'm, I'm definitely making sure that hopefully I can go this year. But definitely fingers in a bit. Yeah, fingers crossed. I haven't been myself. It's got to be. It's, got, it's on the oh, list. You're missing out. I know. It's on the list. Got to, got to get on to it. And the beer just comes in jugs. 
can't even <laughs> buy a beer. It's just this massive. It's cheaper to get it in the jugs. Exactly. It's cost efficient. That's 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 the main reason. It's, it's sensible. Exactly. We'll, you know, we'll just you know save time. You can focus on the game more, I suppose. Yeah, and then you get a jogging by fans, so you don't have to go again. Perfect. So yeah. on that note, are you a gin girl, a wine girl, <laughs> a beer girl? Um, probably. So we have like allowed drinks almost. But with cricket, so a focca lime soda is probably what I drink most of the time because it's got yeah. the least calories. Um, but a gin and tonic uh, is probably my go-to choice. A um, little bit of a snob when it comes to my gin. Um, right, okay. I, I like what I like. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and then, I, to be fair, I, like after a cricket game, I enjoy a bit. Um, but I'm, I wouldn't say I'm a massive drinker. I just, if, if there's an occasion, I'm definitely the life and the soul. Yeah, I'm going to say I definitely wasn't before lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> lockdown hasn't treated you kindly, eh? Yeah, it's not it's not improving the situation, put it that way. It's it's not making uh yeah, having two kids at home definitely not not helping that situation. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I can I can vouch for that Steph. Don't worry, you're not you're not alone, mate. <laughs> When we met with Gail M, she's having a, a bit of beef. So the Bampton player from before you were probably born, but anyway, Olympic Bampton <laughs> silver medalist, and she's having a bit of beef on the um, on the kids' school run. So to kind of wind up the other mum, she wore full England Team GB like kit, medal round <laughs> neck, a lot. So have you yet gone and gone to the supermarket or gone to the shops in full England kit just because? Um, yes and no. <laughs> um, there was so it was actually to a petrol station and. Um, it was a really strange experience. Like this, the, the guy behind the counter went, "You look like someone." Um, <laughs> I've never had this before. It's it's the only time it's ever happened in my life, and he just went, "Oh, you, you look like someone." Um, oh, but I don't. She plays cricket, but yeah, she's she's not. I don't think she's that good. And I went, "Ah, oh. <laughs> nice." That's where'd you, nice. where'd um, you go with that <laughs> can i just have me a skittles please and then i went back and it was i justified it that i was going to training sort of this was when i was still living at my parents um so i justified it that i was going to go to the petrol garage and then go on to loughborough so i needed to be in kit yeah. Um, however, I wasn't actually training until the next day, but that's irrelevant. <laughs> that's fine. That's fine. Um, so I, I went to such a petrol station, and I, I, I didn't know if the same guy was going to be there. It's quite petty, and I sort of just rocked up and went, "Ah, oh, uh, number four, please." And he went, "Is that your England kit?" And I went, oh, I, "I'm the player that's not very good." Um, and he he just looked at me and went. Oh, I didn't mean you. <laughs> and, was, and then he sort of like went behind the counter and got a piece of paper and was like, oh, can I have your autograph, please? Oh, amazing. Groveling. Oh, oh, I no? said yes, I'm a lovely person. I, I proved my point. Um, and, then, and then I never went to the petrol station again. <laughs> so. Yeah, I don't blame you. I'd, I'd done the same thing if I'd ever had any kind of England kit. The Broken Trophy Podcast. Give us a follow on SoundCloud and on Apple Podcasts. So, Beth, so, um, what, so Charlotte Taylor's got in touch and you saw the question, I'm assuming. What's going to be the name of your topography? Good question, Tate. Jeez. <laughs> um, I think if, if I did one sort of soonish, I'd probably, I don't know, taking polls and scoring goals. 
That sounds right, doesn't it? Nice. But I feel like if if, if I left it, <laughs> so thought about that. <laughs> well, I saw it. I, I did see it about an hour ago, and I went, yeah, yeah. "This could catch I'm me out." Here. Yeah. <laughs> if I don't think about this, I'm going to look silly. Um, but I don't think I don't know. Pot football's still relevant now. If I waited like ten years, yeah, it wouldn't be. I just like it because it rhymes. Yeah, it works. And I mean, th this is like a sort of semi-serious question. I mean, you obviously play with Catherine Brunt um, mm. at the moment. And I've seen a, a lot of what I've read about you is people sort of putting you in the same bracket as her. And obviously you're, you're young and there's a long way to go. But I suppose playing you with her... her old, she won't like that. She's well, spring chicken in her head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sorry, sorry, Catherine. Like cricket yeah, royalty, keep, I'm so keep, sorry. <laughs> keep going, Tom. Keep going. This is nice. Keep going. I'm hanging <laughs> myself, yeah. old again? <laughs> No one, no one. But no, but having that as, you know, a teammate, but also like a role model, someone you aspire to be. I mean, how, how do you deal with Does that comparison, does it, does it freak, not freak you out, but do you know what I mean? Is it a bit like of a weird one to be playing with someone that you're sort of compared to? And Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, especially because she was someone that I sort of looked up to as I was sort of taking cricket more seriously. Um, so it was, it was, yeah, it was sort of, I think it was, to be honest, it was, it was with everyone because when you're sort of in the age groups and the academy and you sort of see them um, and you sort of go, pretty cool to be sort of among them one day. And mm. I don't think that it's anywhere near in the future. And then it as it happened all very quickly, suddenly I'm standing next to Catherine in the line at Costa and you're just, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> what's going on here? Um, so it was definitely sort of a little bit sort of getting used to it. And then... I mean, they're all really sound. They welcomed me in, sort of, they made a lot of effort to make sure I was comfortable. Um, and I was with, um, sort of, Sophie Eccleston's a mate from probably since we were 13, growing up. So it was good to have, sort of, people my age, but then it was also good to have the likes of Catherine and Anya to, sort mm. of, look up to. And then to, sort of, hear people, sort of, start talking and going, oh, she could replace Catherine yeah. Brunt. Um, so I immediately went, well, I want to play alongside her first and foremost. Um, so I've done that, which is an absolute honour. Um, yep. <laughs> if I, if I, I've said before, if I can have half the career she has, then I've done all right. And I can look back and go, yeah, I'm happy with that. Um, yeah. But then again, I want to be my own person and I want to be known as Katie George and what I've done. Um, so hopefully... I can get somewhere close to that. So the only other thing we had was around free stash. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so and it, I started to say, yeah, 99% of the people that we've, we've spoken to were kind of asked this question. So I still just about play sports. So does Tom, any kind of free stash we're taking, does, you know, if it's there, it's, it's coming home with us. Yeah. Obviously it's a professional, you know, you're way, you're long, long past just taking any stash that's there, I'm sure. But how much stuff do you steal? England and, and have you know and in, in Hampshire in terms of kit stash shirts whatever you are you still at that stage of just grabbing everything um I think you got to haven't you well, to be fair you're still wearing Portsmouth Portsmouth shorts and <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah I think anything cricket balls is always a luxury try and get my hands on them forget yeah. to put a couple back um but to be fair everyone's pretty sort of they look after their kit well um so there's not too much opportunities to take any of it um so unfortunately i haven't got any um i think I, I think i did well to sort of i grabbed a stump so the first year of super league we won vipers and i saw on tv everyone grabs a stump quite exciting yeah um quickly uh was removed from my hands 
Um, the youngster doesn't get a stump, apparently. Right. Um, didn't realise that was the etiquette. Um, right. So that was, and I'm going, well, I got it. Why not? And then it's like, no, no. Okay. So I think that would have been my most surprised possession. Oh. Unfortunately, not to me. I don't um, really love the full-on fight in the middle. We're trying to do it discreetly with the cameras facing. No, no, we're not fighting. Just keep. Does <laughs> anyone? Does any? Is it worth claiming a bail as like a little bit of a sort of second place kind of price? Um, does anyone grab the bails? I don't know. I, I genuinely don't know that. I don't think so. No. I haven't seen anyone. Yeah, um, I, think the, I think the, um, the umpires grab them pretty quick, don't they? That's right. Put them in their little pocket. <laughs> you go to someone's house and like, oh, why have you got a bail? <laughs> yeah, you know, that one time. Yes, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> I've got some bales in the garage. I might bring them out, put them on the mantelpiece. Like, oh, it's a really famous bail. No one to know, would they? Apart from it's a blue Slazenger one, you've got to put that aside. <laughs> Anyway, like I had a final question. Um, look into the future in, from a cricket perspective first. But like, um, you know, there's talk of obviously cricket being or women's T20 cricket being included in the 2022 Commonwealth Games. What are your thoughts on that? And I suppose it ties back to what we were sort of speaking about earlier in terms of growing the game of cricket. Um, yeah, I mean, I suppose any exposure is good, right? Exactly. Um, I think first and foremost, the any opportunity to represent your country is amazing, a privilege, and something that definitely will help sort of girls look towards um, and sort of aspire to. Um, and it's a different platform. It'll probably be, I don't know if they'll keep it as 2020 um, mm. or they'll change it or if they do the same format as 100. I've got absolutely no idea. But any sort of cricket that gets put on, um, I think will be phenomenal. Um, There'll be people there watching that probably, I don't know, they might be massive fans of swimming, but cricket's on at the same day. So they go and have a little nosy at that. And then suddenly the girl taps her dad on the shoulder and goes, oh, I want to play cricket. Yeah. And then if 50 people do that, then you're winning, aren't you? Um, I think even if it gets, so I did some sort of W10 coaching, um, which is getting sort of girls, well, women that have never played cricket before um, and getting them playing. And then if you, I think it's important to not forget that, yes, we encourage girls to play, but if mums play, surely their children are more likely to play. Yeah, um, so I think even remembering that they're going to be watching is important because um, then they can inspire their children themselves. Mm. I mean, yeah. I think it does, does kind of work, but at 2012, I went to watch... It was, I think it was the the, uh, the running, and then went to watch synchronized swimming, and I've, I've not yet tried synchronized swimming yet. Yeah, I've not arrived. You surprised yeah. me, Steph. Well, you know, I thought about. I thought you'd be suited to it. Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? I might, I might have missed my vocation in life. Maybe. Felt gliding through the water. Felt, <laughs> 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 but yeah. <laughs> right, um, Casey. I've got one other question. So it's come through on Twitter, um, which is also looking to the future. Um, how do you, as a woman pursuing sport? plan to have a family considering the normal age to have kids is around the peak age of being a professional sports person so I mean is that something you're factoring in or thinking um, about at this I very young at the moment I mean I'm, I'm 21 I'm hoping not to have kids too soon um no, but very, I think putting a, bit, <laughs> putting a little bit of thought into it I definitely think it's not as straightforward as perhaps in other forms of life um I definitely personally want to have children and I think it'll, it'll take a little bit more planning than probably you'd think. 
Um, but I think, well, you've seen sort of recently Amy Safaway and Leah Takula who have just had a baby. Um, so I think that definitely shows that the game's growing in terms of maternity leave, etc. Um, and sort of support plans to get back to training and then games, etc. Um, once you've had the sort of time off. Um, I think it will only improve um, as more people do it. Mm. Um, but I think there's other avenues like adoption, etc. that you can go down. So I definitely think it's doable, but I think it'll probably take a little bit of planning, a little bit of understanding. Um, but yeah, I think it will be doable. It'll just, yeah. it'll just be planning. Yeah, that's it. Win the World Cup first, then maybe after that. Yeah, finish on a high. Yeah, it's all right. And then get ready for screaming. <laughs> I recommend don't have kids during lockdown. That's what we want. Hopefully, there's not another one. You know, in the next few years. Whatever happens, I'll just make sure that's that's the end. <laughs> Delay until we know this pandemic's definitely passed. Um, so, Top tip: the broken man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. broken man after three months of it. Um, so, then finally, we've asked everybody who's come on the pod um, about sport or not a sport. Sport, not a sport. So these are activities, if you like, or sports, and there's no right or wrong answer. People have answered differently to all of them, pretty much, actually, I think now. So if you can tell us whether you think it's a sport or not a sport, and then we'll go from there. So starting off with poker. Not a sport. Uh, darts. Sport. Ooh, oh, table tennis. Sport. Snooker. Sport. Gymnastics. Sport. Lawn bowls. Not a sport. Oh. Archery. Sport. Fishing. Not a sport. Formula One. Sport. Ooh. Pistol shooting. Sport. And finally, stone skimming. Not a sport. <laughs> Very decisive there. I like it. If you see if you see Chris Jordan on the on the circuit pool, he I probably wouldn't go with a stone skimming thing in a sport. Quite passionate about his stone Yeah, I think I always thought like darts wasn't a sport, and then I um, then was fortunate enough to get I was fortunate to get a dartboard from a GM, and honestly, I can't hit anything where I want to hit it. It's ridiculous. Yeah, but are you, are you holding that's, a beer at the same time though? That, that that seems to be the if you hold the beer, it kind of levels you out, supposedly. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I was throwing right-handed, and obviously I throw left-handed in cricket, etc. So I think that's maybe where I was going wrong. But I, want, <laughs> I felt like I should throw right-handed. Really? Um, so maybe, maybe I need to give it a go left-handed. Who knows? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm I'm a lefty all the way, and left-handed darts throwing is a must. They, they're very small gaps. Like, um, my um, brother's pretty good for someone that doesn't play, um, right. but it definitely sort of made me appreciate a little bit more it's more than just sort of a drinking game <laughs> i love it yeah i'm still a drinking game category yeah. <laughs> i'll go with it i mean if you if it was a drinking game you you see three holes named for the middle one don't you so <laughs> yeah quite right quite right it's pretty much what they're doing on, on the office <laughs> 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 right so right katie before we let you go thank you so much for coming on the show today it's been an absolute pleasure to talk to you uh, before we let you go, we're asking all our guests if they can nominate someone from either from your sport or someone you know in another sport or whatever uh, to come on a future episode of our podcast. So can you name or nominate someone for the pod? Um, I'd go Sophie Eccleston, get her on there. Sophie Eccleston, excellent. One of your, one of your oldest uh, England teammates, right? Absolutely. 
not old. Not old. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not aging. Someone time else. Time together. That's the one. That's oh. the one. I've just spent the whole time thinking. Please don't say something pompy. Please don't say something pompy. <laughs> 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 the hardest pod we ever do. That could be awkward. We're gonna be polite for an hour. It's gonna be. Polite. I don't think we'd be allowed out in our village, Steph, if we'd interviewed a pompy player, would we? No, probably not. There'd be some issues on that. Anyway, Katie, thank you so much for your time. Really appreciate it. Good luck with the with the season ahead, and uh, yeah, pleasure to talk to you. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much.